excuse me for a minute. I'm going to walk out here and hang out with you guys. So tonight I get the, the pleasure of just um, sharing with you guys. I don't, I don't consider this uh, a sermon. I don't consider it a great deep theological lesson. Um, I consider it just, just where my heart is at with Christmas. Um, every year I kind of come back to this place um, because I, I became a Christian as an adult. And so I grew up uh, in kind of uh, just regular secular kind of family Christmas, Santa Claus gifts. And um, something kind of profound happened when I became a Christian and I started looking at Christmas. And every year it happens again and again and, and usually a little bit different. And um, partly I think it is because of my, my wonderful wife and my family and my children. I get to kind of watch it through their eyes and experience it with them and have incredible conversations. But this year as I kind of thought about... <clears throat> Um, where we're at, and a discussion I, I had with my son, um, Jack sort of spurred this message on. It was kind of funny. We, we sat on a, a couch one afternoon and kind of talked about uh, this. But the whole premise of tonight's talk is the perfect gift. And in order to explain to you what the perfect gift is, I have to, of course, contrast it with what the perfect gift is not. And so go back with me, if you will. Years and years and years and years and years and a few more years. And you'll find yourself in my home uh, when I was the age of eight. What you're doing there, who knows. <laughs> but I awake early one Christmas morning, okay, the Christmas morning of my eighth year on this world. And uh, like many eight-year-olds on Christmas morning, I became very excited because I was awake and I know what happens on Christmas morning when you're an eight-year-old. The big guy comes and something's under the tree. And it's usually something good. Good. So I was excited. The previous year for my seventh uh, Christmas here on this earth, I received a bike. Right? That is the pinnacle of seven-year-old Christmas gifts. Bike under the tree. Whoa! How did he get that down the chimney? So I figured... He's going to do a lot to top the bike from last year, clearly, in my little mind. And so I burst forth down the hallway into the front room um, because I grew up in this little sort of tract home in the, in the uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. And it's like a little three-bedroom, two-bath home with the fireplace on one end. And we had this front room with a big picture window. That's where my mom liked to put the Christmas tree, which is way away from the chimney, and I never understood that. Okay, so all that work to get from there to there. And I run down the hall... And I get there, and there under the tree is a red flyer sled. My grandmother's here. She may remember that gift. I don't know if she does or not. But I, I remember seeing the sled and thinking, huh, that's interesting. I live in the Bay Area. <laughs> and my family and I rarely traveled to the snow. And when I say sled, I want to make sure I clarify this picture. I mean, I'm talking an actual sled that you would find somewhere in the, from the Midwest on eastward 
where they have ice and hills and sleet and with the, you know, it's got the steering. It's not like a toboggan where it's got a flat bottom. No, it's, it's got rails. And it, it, it's in the traditional red flyer, wood and red colors. And I thought, huh. <laughs> Clearly Santa did not put a lot of thought <laughs> into this gift. And so that precious, precious, precious sled, which is probably a collector's item now, it's been sold in a garage sale long since, went and, and hung on the garage wall and never left that spot on the garage wall. Never. It's sat there. It's kind of a monument to, to Christmas past. And it stayed in its spot. It hung there by one rail. And when I was 25 years old, my, my, my mom and my stepdad, they left that house and that's when they sold it. So it stayed there until long after I was gone, which I thought was pretty funny. Obviously, you look at that gift and, and obviously the, the thought, we want to say yeah, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that matters. It's, the, it's that thing that they wanted to give you. And I, yes, I get that thought, but I just didn't see all the thought in it. <laughs> and I, as an eight-year-old, you used to a little hard to be a little bit disappointed. And so in, uh, in my house... Now, as I'm a father and have small children, I had the fortune to have a conversation with my son, Jack, about gifts because he's got a a pretty specific Christmas list. It's, you know, only uh, about a dozen items long. And um, he's got a few there at the top, big ticket items, and he's kind of settled on one that he's fairly certain is coming his way. And he's having this discussion about all of these plans that he had for this gift. And I said to him, but you don't know, do you? No. Well, you had a bunch of stuff on your list, son. And I was able to pull him up onto the couch with me and share with him that it is our inability to focus on Christ that leads to our disappointment on Christmas Day. When we are focused on the gifts that will come our way, when we have our minds and our hearts set on this one thing that may make us happy for that day, if that thing does not arrive then our day has the potential to be ruined. But if our minds and our hearts are set upon Christ on Christmas, then everything that comes to the door is a blessing. And so as I reflected that with him, I thought about this passage in, uh, in the Bible. And here's the funny thing. We're going to do a Christmas story, and we're not going to go into the Gospels. I know I could get fired for that, but I'm going to try it anyways. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Verse 6 says this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, at just the right time, at the perfect moment, the perfect situation, the perfect scenario, we were given the perfect gift. One size fits all. Timeless. Better than a Rolex. Priceless. Eternal. Always redeemable. That God would put that thought 
that in this moment, he would look at mankind and say, this, in this moment, they have come to the end of themselves and I must step in and I will give them the perfect gift. Maybe it didn't come in the packaging we all expected. Maybe it didn't come wrapped in gold, bearing a sword, riding a white stallion, pushing the Romans out of Jerusalem and Israel, restoring a kingdom. It came wrapped in a small baby, born in an obscure town to nobody. But it was the thought that counted. It was the perfection of this gift that God tells us about. This perfect timing. He goes on to say in verse 10, For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? So not only is it a perfect gift for those God saw and loved, but those who are far apart from God, this gift came for. It goes on in verse 15, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? You see, tonight, on Christmas Eve, for many of us, we'll leave from this place. We'll go home. We'll entertain family over the next day or two or five, depending on the size of your family. And there's a lot of opportunity to get confused. There's a lot of opportunity to get caught up in what you may have to return or exchange. What doesn't fit right what you weren't expecting. But I would offer you this tonight in this place. That on the very first Christmas, God Himself, Creator of the universe, looked at mankind, examined our situation, examined our condition, and I think in very simple words said, Ah, I have the perfect thing. And tonight, whether you're sitting in this place and you know that good news full well, or you're sitting in this place and you've heard it before, but you're still standing a, an arm's distance from it, or tonight in this place you've heard it for the first time, I want to assure you again, it is indeed for you. And it does fit. And it is precious. And it is in every sense of the word. Perfect. So as you go home over the next couple of days to enjoy this holiday with your family and friends and loved ones, would you keep your hearts and your minds set on Christ? That everything that comes through the door be a blessing to you. Let this Christmas be set apart as something new and different. That every Christmas would be that for us. Let's pray.